Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. And uh, good evening everybody and a very happy new year to you all. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, I don't know how you feel about New Year's in general. Um, uh, I have a, a little picture here which um, captures a little bit how I feel about New Year. It says, New Year, New Me. And if you're not of the musical type, that is which note, Stu? C sharp and a D flat, which is actually the same note, right? The idea is that, you know, you get to the New Year and everyone's pretending to be something new, but actually they're just the same thing as they were before. But as we come to the change of the year, it's inevitable that we do nevertheless want to focus on that reality. And we look back and we look forward. I wonder as you're looking forward, what do you expect? Are you looking forward to the recovery of the economy or an increase in a cost of living? Probably not looking forward to that. More climate change consequences or perhaps a change in the growing awareness about it. Perhaps there are going to be all sorts of new surprises in the commercial space race, which you're very excited uh, about, as Elon and Jeff vie for supremacy. I um, looked up uh, a poll uh, today to, to find out how people were feeling, and apparently 75% of people uh, in, uh, globally think 2022 is going to be a better year. Who knows? It's interesting, these things, and you can make print pl plenty of column inches at this time of the year predicting the future. But the reality is we come to this time of the year, it is a time of great uncertainty. I mean, that's always true at the turn of the year. We don't know the future. But it's particularly true right now, isn't it? The, the future seems particularly unclear. We may have all sorts of questions on a global scale. Those can be kind of interesting. We may have questions on a personal scale, which are very relevant. What's my health going to be like after I've suffered from long COVID? Where am I going to be working from? How's that going to affect me? How will my studies go? What's going to happen in my industry? How will the health of my loved ones fare this year? If this is the year we emerge from the pandemic, how much is going to emerge? How much will have just changed for good and never go back? Are there long-term difficult things that are now actually settling in for the even longer term? And there'll be many other questions. But how would God have us step into the new year? I want to think with you this evening about what difference it makes to know the God of our Lord Jesus Christ as we step into 2022. And I'd like us to start by talking to the person next to us. You don't have to do this. You can, you can consider this in, in blessed isolation if you'd like to. It's absolutely fine. Um, but if you'd like to talk to someone to get the juices uh, flowing and do so, we've got three questions uh, that I'm going to put up here, which you can choose one of these questions to talk to someone next to you about, or all three of them. 
What do you think? Will 2022 be a better year? Why, what are you looking forward to most or least? And what are you praying for for 2022? Okay, you've got uh, three minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there. But I, I encourage you to have those conversations afterwards. If you got to something that actually might involve praying for someone, why not offer to pray for the person you just chatted to afterwards or at least be praying for them as we go. We'll have a bit of quiet time later on. Now, I asked those questions to get us in the mindset. But I think... We've got to be honest, the Bible, and certainly I'm no prophet, doesn't give us any particular hope that our existence is going to go in any particular way, that our circumstances are going to change in any very particular way in this year because we're Christians. As believers in the Lord, we, we're going to be faced with all the same blessing and hardship that I think anyone else might. The difference is that we do so in the company of God. It's a bit like marriage. Um, now, quite a few couples that I've, I've married, and it's always an extraordinary experience marrying two people. They make these extraordinary promises to one another. Massive blank checks, really, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. On one level, they're crazy promises to make into the unknown. But of course, no one's making them into the unknown. They're making those promises to someone they know. And that all of a sudden makes it possible. And so it is. We don't know the future. We don't know how the next year is going to turn out. But if we know the one who controls it, who has it in their hands, and if we know that that person is trustworthy, then we may share it with confidence. And I'm praying that we're going to deepen really just the words that we've already sung this evening as we, as we consider these verses have a deeper sense of God's faithfulness that we're going to feel emboldened about what lies ahead and able, whatever else we don't know, to rest in the sure knowledge of the faithfulness of God as we face 2022. And there's just a, f a couple of verses that I'd love to look at with you. And again, we've, we've sung them already, but they're there. Uh, chapter 3, verse 22 of Lamentations. We've got Bibles out. If you'd like to uh, take a Bible from in front of you and have a look at it, you'll be helped by that. Or you can look it up on your phone. Lamentations chapter 3, 22 says this. 
Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations is uh, a book at which, as you can imagine from the title, is, uh, is relatively sad in its outlook. It comes from a time in Israel's history when the nation of Israel was in exile. And you remember the uh, kingdom had been established, King David and Solomon and so forth. Things had gone well for a while. The prophets had warned, however, that if the nation was not faithful to the Lord, eventually he would come and judge them. And it went on and on and on and on. The people didn't heed God's word through the prophets, and eventually they were cast out of their homeland and carted off to exile in Babylon. And it was a time of deep soul-searching and sorrow. And that's where this particular verse comes in. They had been unfaithful to God, and they knew that their circumstances were as a result of that. And yet, they say, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Four thoughts I'd love to share with you from this. Firstly, there is love that surpasses all our sin. In the Lord, there is love that surpasses all our sin. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Another really striking word. God had given the people a law. He'd given them a land and a kingdom. He'd given them all these warnings. They turned away from them. They'd ignored the warnings. And eventually they ended up suffering in exile. And so the question is really, well, how's it going to play out? Is God's justice, his fairness, going to win out or his mercy? Well, God's justice is there. But his mercy wins out. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. So even at this moment of Israel's great suffering because of what they've done wrong, God's love is going to win out. The Old Testament has many different ways of describing how God deals with his people. And one of the striking things is how uh, in Isaiah, for example, it talks about God's justice as his strange work. He must be fair because he's God, and yet that's his strange work. But his mercy, that is, that, is, that, that is the thing that is most true to who he is. The uh, Puritan scholar put it like this. When he comes to show mercy, he rejoices over his people to do them good with his whole heart and with his whole soul. Somehow, God's mercy is more true to him. What does that mean for us right now, that there is love that surpasses all our sin? Well, it means that as we look back um, on the last year, and it may be that it's been a successful year, it may be that it's been, the year hasn't gone well at all, and maybe we feel like we've blown it with God. We, we've messed up so many times, we may even worry, he's, what has he done with us? Actually, we know that there is love that surpasses all our sin. And we can see that even more beautifully on the, on the cross, even more confidence we can have uh, the cross is this amazing extravagant expression of god's love the, the son of god suffered he, he was overcome with suffering to the point of death on the cross he suffered all that we should suffer for our sin 
you suffered in our place, but then he was able to walk through that and out on the other side. And that means we will never be consumed by God's justice. Even if we deserve it, we will, we will never be consumed. If we're trusting in Christ, our eternity is sure. And so we can say, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Now let me say to you, this is the heart of the Christian gospel. We are sinners. We don't deserve God's kindness. But he offers it to us because he loves us. And he loves us not because we do lovable things that make us really great then to have on his side. But he loves us just because he loves us. Because that's his nature. His nature is to have this costly, self-sacrificing love. And this is the most important thing that we can know going into this year. The most important thing I can say to you this evening. And if you haven't yet grasped that love, if you struggle to really believe that God could love even me after all I've done, you know, I, I want to say to you, please forget everything else that I'm about to say after this and just make this truth yours for 2022. Ask the Lord for his forgiveness because he has a love that surpasses all our sins. A love that surpasses all our sins. The second here uh, point that I'd love to bring out is how there is compassion with the Lord. There is compassion that never fails. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. It means that his compassion never runs out. Now, I don't know about you, I don't know how, how much compassion you have. I guess there will be some of us who are very compassionate and others who are not quite so compassionate. But the reality is for all of us, at some point, our compassion runs out. Uh, there is a limit to all human compassion. Uh, you know, when my kids play on the sofa, you know, I said to them, look, guys, if you use that as a trampoline, eventually it's going to happen. It's, this is what always happens. Someone's going to kind of nail themselves off the side, smack the floor. There's going to be tears. And, and at that point, I'm not going to have that much compassion. And, you know, I, I try and then it happens and I walk in and I try and muster the game. You know, and there are a couple of times I'm generous. And then the third time I'm like, people. And I say things that I don't want to repeat in sermons and things like that. God is not like that. His compassion doesn't run out. If you know um, the tiger who, who came to tea, which is the story that some of us should all read for our kids, there's this great moment where the tiger drinks all the water out of the tap. Brilliant, genius concept. As if the tap could run out. But here's the thing. God's mercy is like the tap. Actually, it's like it never runs out. There's no end to the mercy of God. It's not like you can, you can really blow it. You, know, you can take a lot of mercy from God and then, oh dear, that's it. Bust, no more. It never runs out. Now, of course, we do. We fail in our compassion regularly. The Israelites had failed in their faithfulness to God. But God never does. So let me ask you this question. If there is a compassion that never fails, are there situations where you think you have exhausted God's interest or exhausted God's help in your life? Are there places in your life where you, you think, actually, the, the tap is dry? Are there mistakes? Are there sins? Are there misjudgments? Where you think you've put yourself beyond the concern or beyond the patience of God 
in that particular part of your life because you can't bring him back into it. Well, there is no such place. There is confession that never fails. So there is love that surpasses all our sin. There's compassion that never fails. There is mercy that will be renewed daily. Come back to our verse here. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God's mercies are new every morning. That means they're new for each day. You go around 24 hours. And all the mercy that there was that first day is there in the second day. And then when you go around another 24 hours, you can't, you can't spend the mercy from the previous days such that there's going to be a deficit in the next one. Each day there's new mercy. And of course that means each year there's new mercy. The Lord's mercy for you and me this year is the same that it was last year. And it's, it's the same that it will always, always be. And that's why he says, great is your faithfulness. I was uh, reading up for some inspiration today. I came across Bill Gates, and uh, he, he, he quotes one of his favorite authors, authors Yuval Noah. He was talking about the new, new year, Yuval Noah Harari. He says, people are usually afraid of change because they fear the unknown, but the single greatest constant of history is that everything changes. The single greatest constant of history is that everything changes. That's what Bill Gates would say to us. Now, frankly, that's not wildly encouraging. But fortunately, we have a much bigger constant. Yes, everything changes apart from God. God is faithful. He's unchanging. So what is it about him that is so consistent? Well, it's his mercy always bubbling up afresh. We don't know what the next year brings, but we do know that it will bring God's mercy in the same measure that is always brought. That doesn't solve all our problems. We don't know what form his, what shape his mercy is going to come to us in. But we do know his basic attitude to us. As we go forward into 2022, we're looking for the mercies of God because we know they're there. We're looking for chinks of light of his kindness and grace to us. And they may be in the small things, they may be in the big things. They may be unseen. They may be long-term mercies that we have no grasp of right now. But they are there, new every morning. So there is mercy that will be renewed daily. And with those three uh, observations, I just want to encourage you to two resolves. Number one, make the Lord your portion. And number two, wait for him. Wait for the Lord. Make the Lord your portion. See how the, the, the verse goes on here. Um, after verse 23 comes verse 24. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Now, this is a bit of a strange thing to say, isn't it? It's not kind of the sort of thing that we say, uh, apart from around the dinner table, probably not with the word the Lord. This, comes, uh, this idea comes from the time um, when the land of the Israelites was being uh, distributed to the different tribes. And what happened is each tribe got, you know, got a particular slot of land, uh, but the Levites, the priests, who had the, the, the job of, of tending to the worship in the temple, uh, they, didn't, they didn't get a land. And God says to them, I am your portion. The Lord is your portion. Everyone else gets that portion. What you guys get is me. 
And so when the writer here says, the Lord is my portion, what he's saying is, my bit, the thing that I'm going to get, the thing that's going to be enough for me is the Lord. And I want to encourage you to have that same aspiration. Find your deepest needs met in the Lord for 2022. Believe that in him, all that you really, really must have is found. And that makes a huge difference once you get there. Because what it means is that whether it goes well or whether it doesn't go so well externally, you have all you need. The Apostle Paul said, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Wouldn't we all want that? Wouldn't it be amazing to be the kind of person you can be in any circumstance and you are content? And what is it he says you've got? I can do all this through him who gives me strength. When you make the Lord your portion, when you make his love for you the most precious thing in your life, then actually you're enabled to withstand all manner of circumstances around you. So make the Lord your portion, and then finally, wait for him. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Lots of journalists, as I was sharing with you earlier, waiting for all sorts of things to happen uh, in 2022. And uh, you can go onto many websites and think about those and consider whether you agree or not. We all have our own things that we're waiting for, that we're worried about. Now, I'm worried, for example, about how we're going to emerge from a pandemic as, as a church. I'm, I'm worried about what's going on in the spiritual lives of many people I haven't seen. I'm worried about how I'm going to disciple my kids in this new year. How their growing maturity is going to work out in terms of their spiritual lives. I'm worried how I'm going to lead my family. And there are many other things that I'm worried about. Now, some of those things, of course, each of us can do something about. But there are also, alongside all the things that we can do something about, quite a lot that we can't do something about. We can't make it happen. And instead, what we have to do is wait on the Lord. That means coming to the Lord in prayer, recognizing to him, Lord, this thing I know needs changing. I can do only so much, but I can't bring all this about. I depend on you. Now, as the verses go on, I wonder whether you pick this up. It turns out that waiting on the Lord, although it's really hard, has great benefits. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord, it says. Here's the thing that happens. When we try and just achieve anything in our, everything in our own strength, it becomes all about us. But when we have to wait on the Lord, when we can see a situation not going right, and yet we're powerless to do anything about it, and our only option is to come to the Lord and commit ourselves to him, at that time we learn dependence on him. And that's good for us. I had a bit of a light bulb moment as I was preparing this uh, sermon. There's something in my life which I'm so just trying to get after and make happen. And actually I need to understand there are some things I can do about it, and there are many things I can't do about it. And I need to wait on the Lord. And although that's going to be painful and it may not deliver as quickly as I'd hoped, that waiting may even be good for me. 
as I learn to depend more on him. I wonder if there's anything that you need to wait on the Lord for. Perhaps wait for weeks or months. Or if there's something really that you are still to wait today. Or can you believe that it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord? That's the second of the two resolves. Wait for the Lord. Now, as we close, I'd love us to just take a, a, a little bit of time, perhaps invite the musicians to come up again. And perhaps think through again some of the things that I have just, uh, we've just looked at together from Lamentations 3. There is love that surpasses all our sin. There is compassion that never fails. There is mercy that will be renewed daily. And these two resolves, to make the Lord our portion and to wait for him. As the musicians begin to play, I want, to, I want you to dwell on some of those things. And I'm going to read a prayer which uh, is well known. Um, and uh, if you've ever been in a church at this time of the year, you probably would have heard it because it's a good one. Um, and it expresses this sense of dependence on God, which I think we so need. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God trod gladly into the night. And he led me towards the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. So hot, be still. What need our little life, our human life to know? If God hath comprehension in all the dizzy strife of things both high and low, God hideth this intention. God knows. His will is best. The stretch of years which wind ahead so dim to our imperfect vision are clear to God. Our fears are premature. In him all time hath full provision. Then rest until God moves to lift the veil from our impatient eyes. When as the sweeter features of life's stern face we hail, far, fair beyond all surmise, God's thought around his creatures our minds shall fill. Lord, we thank you that we can put our hand in yours. Lord, we bring to you so many different life situations, so many anxieties and worries, so many hopes and fears, so many blessings and excitements and prospects. And we want to say in all of these things that we want to make you our portion. We might want to make you the thing that we most delight in. 
you the thing that we are so pleased to have, that whatever else we have, we have enough. And we want to resolve this evening to wait for you. Lord, you know our impatient hearts. You know our longings too. And we pray that you would turn us to you in them. We pray that you'd help us to hold on in prayer and dependence on you to all the things that we long for. And that in doing so, we might find it good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And we pray all these things, knowing your mercies are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.